Hello guys, you are welcome to another educating and exciting episode of our talk show on CNA channel where we discuss how tropical issues affect us as citizens. I'm your host, Zaina Bredeji. So today we have with me, today I have with me a senior medical officer at the Lagos State Health Service Commission, Dr. Ulusoya. Glad to have you with us. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. The pleasure is all ours. So, about the second wave of COVID-19, doctor, um, it's like the second wave is spreading faster than the first wave. We are having more cases, more number of cases, more number of deaths every day. What's your take on that? Do you think Nigerians are ready? Okay, we don't have a choice. It's um, not a local problem. It's actually a global problem. So, whether we like it or not, we will have cases, especially since our borders remain open. Yes. So people are coming into the country and all that. So we don't know how effective so far. The data will be showing us in a couple of months time or in fact weeks, you know, will be showing us how effective our screening have been at our borders okay. and entry of people into the country. But even as at that, we've had um, the new strain in Nigeria for a while. It's, it's been here for a while. In fact, um, so, and the new strain is said to be more contagious. But the not new strain of COVID-19. The, the very, you know, the, the there's some mutation okay. of the virus. Okay. Okay. So, we have it um, more contagious than the previous one. Hmm. So, whether we like it or not, we're going to see a lot of cases. We're going to see active community spread. And we are going to continue to see this as long as our borders are open and we don't take precautions that are necessary. Hmm. So according to what you've said now, Doctor, it means that as long as our borders remain open and the necessary precautions are not taken, people are not wearing their face masks, maintaining social distancing, we'll continue to have more cases. Yeah, um, well, let's put it this way. The screening um, programs that the government has put in place at the ports of entry into the country we are going to see how effective they are so what i'm saying is that we have community spread going on that's in the communities we have focus of infection across areas at the same time it's possible for people to still come in into the country some and some may not And as a result of this, you know, if they come down with the infection during quarantine mm-hmm. or um, they don't adhere to the protocol strictly, okay. then we can still have spread from these um, people. So what we need to put in place is um, border control, continuous education on the people of non-pharmaceutical um, preventive methods okay. to help us curb transmission in the communities, okay. you know, and then we also need contact tracing, mm-hmm. which has to be, you know, effective, okay. so that we can pick the cases, we can test, we can treat. Okay, thank you. So also on the issue of the number of cases, a lot of people now they think, okay, our government are deceiving us. 
number of cases that we that we are seeing every day. You know, like we are seeing something and something will be like, mm, it's all scam because of the situation in the country. You know, we don't really trust our leaders. So when it comes to things coming from them, especially when when it involves government, people don't really believe it. What can you say about that? Well, the problem is that the issue is that the government still needs to do more. Um, the government needs to do more. The fact that we have mixed messages coming in from the government. So, assuming we are saying we want to control, um, you know, we want to control crowds, we want to limit gatherings and all that, and then the government goes ahead and says everybody should register for the nine. You know, within a certain period of time, mm. and that causes crowding at those centers. Mm. You know, so we are getting a lot of mixed messages. We hear, um, okay, let's hold on um, with certain things. Maybe a certain level of people should not go to work. Okay. You know, at the same time, we don't see, um, should I say, some common. Um, other stringent rules, probably maybe worship centers should um, further reduce capacity or something. Okay. So what, what's happening that we're getting a lot of mixed messages, and as a result of that, the people really don't know where to turn to. So it's almost as if you are left to um, take care of yourself. Yes. So based on that, there are issues of trust. So we don't see the government agencies working in harmony. So if um, federal government says do this and everybody should register, you have centers all over, then legal state government says some of these workers should stay at home mm. to help the crowd. So we're not seeing the synchronization of activities between the government. Like they're all working to either so meet their own targets or yes. something. Mm. So based on that, we the, the people really won't trust the, the government so they just feel that they are confused yes there's a lot of confusion and all that so we are all wondering what exactly is going on also people say people still say that they still don't believe that COVID-19 is real and it is a sickness that we say or the virus of the rich people what can you say regarding that <laughs> Yoruba people say entokolomo. <laughs> you know, um, the thing is that when people say it's a disease of the sick, of the rich people, how much information do they have about the disease? That's one. Ignorance breeds a lot of speculations, spreads a lot of fake news, and so on. The person that is saying it's a disease of the rich man. You know, um, may have symptoms, but because he has attributes it to malaria, because every fever in the environment is malaria and yes. common otherwise, so they will treat malaria. But they realize that a few days after the malaria is not gone, after that, it's still you know, the fever is not gone, the symptoms are still there, there's still headache, there's still extreme tiredness, and they're like, ah, you buy your worry me, ah, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. But as it is, the, the, a lot of work has actually been done on malaria. Lagos okay. states, for instance, now the prevalence of malaria has really dropped drastically. So it's not um, for us to say fever, <laughs> it's, it's malaria. Right now, even for 
medical practitioners who have a very high index of suspicion because it cuts across, you know, it could be in a child, it could be in an adult, it could be in a pregnant woman. So you need a very high index of suspicion regarding this. So I'm saying it's a disease of the rich, no. Probably the rich are the ones getting to the hospitals and they are known. So as a result of this, when anything happens to them, it's all over the news. But the poor man that dies in his house, that has been treating malaria for two weeks, I mean, I know of someone, um, not that I know of someone, someone, well, I really don't, except maybe I'm directly linked to him, but you have people that say, ah, he was sick, he was just sick for a while, he was just, um, and he's dead now, we've gone to bury him. You know, you, you, you hear that, I have someone really close to me that lost someone, like, lost two people over a space of two days. Wow. But what they're telling me is, and person, the first person had diabetes, the other person had hypertension, you know, just... We are wondering what is going on. So you get to hear about the rich people on the news, but you don't get to hear about the poor people. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's why so people just assume mm -hmm. as a disease of the, the rich. But ask everybody, ask people around. Let's even be sure those that have been affected. One person has been. Everybody has been affected or knows of someone that has died recently. Mm -hmm. But maybe the, the situation may not be clear to them. Thank you for that, man. So, I want to ask, how can we curb the spread of the virus? Okay, normally we know, okay, we need to sanitize our hands, we need to wear face masks, but now people don't even care about face masks again, sanitizing their hands. But when it comes to the student angle, okay, students want to go back to school, okay, federal government has them to open and all. What can you say regarding that? Some, some parents are scared to send their students back to school. Because they could have COVID-19 and then some are ready to send their kids back to school because according to them, being at home, they've been at home for so long, they just need to get back to school. So what can you say regarding that? Hmm. Regarding COVID-19, people going back to school and you know, it's actually a dicey situation. I know that the government has actually put information forward. There were also mixed messages at first. At first, they were like, they are going to resume. This um, 18th of January had been set, not just now, had been set earlier. Yes. You know, then with the, with the increase in cases, with um, people started carrying, you know, okay, storage are coming out that the government has said the storage is not going to resume, at least for Lagos State. Yes. And then the news that came up again was that students should go ahead and resume school by. The 18th. Now, what else, what can we do as individuals? The fact is that for COVID-19, where is a viral um, infection? Most of the time, viral infections, we don't have treatments to cure. But what we can do is we can reduce the viral load to minimum. To almost zero levels, to zero levels or almost zero levels. Okay. We can, um, and we also help the immune system of the body to develop antibodies to fight the, the, virus. the, the virus itself. Okay. So we've, we've done that repeatedly in medicine over for a lot of diseases, HIV, hepatitis, and so on. For COVID. Which is classified, which is a coronavirus, um, along with the common cold. But now we are seeing 
it's called a severe it forms part of the severe atrophy syndrome and group of viruses you know, that can cause severe respiratory problems okay and also cause other complications in the body yes now we need to do more earlier in the year um last year when we were battling the infection there was no vaccine so the first thing that they did was non-pharmaceutical treatment should be available such as hand washing as simple as hand washing washing your hands under running water for 20 seconds with soap liquid soap not bad soap because they're trying to limit contacts with people okay so you use the liquid soap you under running water and so on for about 20 seconds then you should also you know distance i mean we say with social distancing who said you can change it to physical distancing because what they realize is that the elderly in the community seem ostracized they also need to be in contact with people covid is coming with other psychological problems not just the illness itself so people are people feel alone they end up you know being especially the elderly being alone so they're saying Call the elderly, check on them. You don't have to see them physically. Call them, ask them what they need. You can drop it at their house. You know, go out as people, young people, it's responsibility. You can go out and do that. So we're not talking about physical distancing, at least two meters apart. Because how the disease spread is that it spreads by droplets. And droplets are heavy. So if you space at least two meters, droplets will fall before it will reach the next person so we say at least two meters okay apart then you also sanitize sanitize is you are trying to reduce the amount of germs you have in your hands at a particular time now we now want this to be done frequently as often as possible okay so that every point in time you wash your hands maybe early intermittently maybe too early in an organization because you have surfaces that have been touched by different people door handles doors push doors tabletops and so on though the virus does not survive for so long on these surfaces but they can so it can survive on the surfaces on surfaces so we're also doing that so if you are able to do this and prevent you understand? Then that way you will curb the spread. You should okay. be able to curb the spread of the virus. Most importantly, is also taking responsibility using the face mask. So I use my face mask. I show that I'm responsible. I keep my own secretions to myself. You use your face mask. You keep your own secretions to yourself. That way we don't spread droplets. Sometimes the activities that we do that may generate you know sprays and those are much lighter and they can actually spread that's when they say you know there's lots of problems even in the medical field because the disease we're also trying to understand is it airborne is it not airborne they were very particular about using the word you know is the virus airborne but when you have tiny sprays or we call them aerosol generating activities you know sneezing or they try to take a swab or the person coughs or you know something there may be some tiny aerosols generated that can spread the virus and make the virus airborne 
but often than not, the commonest spread is through the droplets, which are heavier, which drop. So two meters is okay. Six so you know those so those are some of the things that we are trying to 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 put in place to so that spread. yes and we really need to do this because see the health system we already we already have a challenged health system in nigeria in nigeria <laughs> which cuts across all our systems are challenged already so we're making gains but the gains seems to have been eroded as a result of the pandemic so these are some of the things that we need to, you know, we, we need, we, we're trying hard not to stress the health system. So when people are responsible, you reduce the number of cases that will eventually get to the hospitals. Okay. So that way the hospital cannot take care of maybe those who are critically ill. Bear in mind that the, the common diseases that we had before in our country have not disappeared. So people still have tuberculosis, people still have pneumonia, people still have... Yes, people have diabetes, people have chronic disease, people have hypertension. Now some of these people, people have to go to the hospital to get immunization for their children. People, women are giving birth. Yes. So these are problems, you know, and our health system was already challenged meeting the needs of these people. Now we now have COVID-19. Some of these words are being used for words for others that have been converted to COVID-19 words. People are afraid, you know, people, then the health workers are being stretched. You're pulling them from different units to actually work in the COVID centers. So these these are issues. We need people to understand these things. That the health system cannot be stretched because at the end of the day, it will not yield results. Mm. It will be able to meet the needs of the people. Mm. So it's about time we start thinking that these are diseases of the rich. These are for take responsibility. Parents, because of the mixed language, you know, or you know that they're getting from the government, they don't know which way to go. Parents. Parents. So whether to take their children to school, whether to make them stay, stay at, at home, home, and you know, and what to do. Some schools are prepared. We tell them to resume today. They adhere to the rules. They use the face mask, the sanitization, sanitization points in the school. There's running water and all that. Can we say that for all public schools? Yes. Especially public schools. Yes, especially public schools. Now, can we even say that for all the private schools, hmm. where the more you pay, the better the facilities you get. Hmm. So, what happens when people can pay? Bear in mind that during this pandemic, if students for the private schools, if they don't go to school, their parents will be reluctant to pay the school fees. Yes. When they're reluctant to pay the school fees, their teachers don't get paid. paid. So some of the schools are already having financial problems. Now at and they are now looking for where to, you know, can the government help us out? That's one. Then you're now saying add COVID and put certain things in place. Are the banks or microfinance banks ready to give them the loans that they need to meet this? How strong are their financial records? Those are issues. For the public schools. Now, the government has said schools should provide a hybrid form of education. Now, if schools resume, is the government ready or is the system in place for the schools to resume? If a child contracts COVID in school, school. can they trace the contacts from the class to the teachers, the 
test, yeah. you screen, wow. you trace, you test, you isolate. Okay? Now, children, they may manifest systems, um, symptoms they may not. So the child may have it, but the child drinks to be healthy. The child can go home and tell someone to live. Tell, bear in mind, the child has to be in isolation. Even though he does not have the symptoms, he may not have. You know, because when you they have the symptoms, they can still spread. Okay. That's, the, that's, the, that's the thing about COVID. When they don't people, have it. People can carry the virus. Yes. Okay. But they may not manifest symptoms. And you can still spread to another person. can still spread it. Wow. So those are challenges you have with COVID. So it's not that a person has the symptoms and the person is spreading. No. In fact, a contact of a person that has COVID is... You pick the person two days prior to manifestation of symptoms and 14 days after. So these are issues. Now, is the school ready for a hybrid type of education? So for the child that stays at home, can the child join the class online? There's a whole lot of things to that. Yes. You have so, to with data, yeah. with this, yeah. with that. So even the child that is at home, is there light? Is there internet? For the child to connect to class, is the school on Zoom or is WhatsApp um, platform platform online school? So that's private. Yes. Now for the public, how many students are in class? Are you because the first way when we, when we resume the first ten? So are you you know do you have are your classes crowded? Do you have enough space? Do you have enough amenities to run a hybrid system? Do you have enough staff? Now, for the Lagos State rule that has come out, level 14 and below should stay at home. How many of your teachers are staying at home? How many of them are in school? Okay, now that schools are resuming, are all teachers going to resume irrespective of their level? And they're also the teaching staff and non-teaching staff. So these are issues. These are some of the, th- these are some of the things that you want government to clarify. But the government cannot do it alone. It has yes. to be a collaborative effort. Because even the government is stressed. They put in so much and still we're still having a lot. But how do we get the gains we made from last year in March when the virus came initially came into the country? How tired are the people already? How much information are you giving them? We need to keep giving them information to keep motivating them to ensure that they Stay within these preventive, you know, measures, measures of COVID nineteen of COVID nineteen that you have put in place. Hmm, thank you. So the final question is this: We know that okay, the vaccine is out, but first, okay, you said during last year, okay, doctors had to resort to non non pharmaceutical measures to COVID. Now we have vaccine that's been discovered, and it has been produced in mass. Um, mass volumes and now we have it in Nigeria we have it in Lagos so the issue now is how will the vaccine get to the people because okay there are some people they will be like ah, why Why do I need to get vaccinated I don't have COVID why do I need to get it so is this compulsory to really get vaccinated if you don't have COVID and how how will the government try to you know just distribute the vaccine just to make sure that okay every person every citizen in Nigeria gets vaccinated 
so um, you've asked like three questions in one. I don't know how <laughs> where I want to start from without losing any of the questions. So the thing is, first of all, let me say the vaccine is out. Okay. Yes. But the thing is that even in um, in the countries where this vaccine was developed, the vaccine is not going to everybody. So we don't expect in Nigeria that the vaccine goes to everybody. So there's priority. You know that the vaccine was approved for emergency use. So the vaccine goes to trial phases. So stage three clinical trials, um, the final stage four clinical trials, and so on. So what we expect is that um, data is also still being collected on this vaccine because you have to give surveillance activity on the vaccine and ensure that no side effects. But because it's an approved for emergency use, because and COVID-19 is a pandemic, it has, it's a disease that has spread all over the world. Mm. So it's a pandemic, it's a global phenomenon. So what we now see is that, how do we prioritize? Who are those that are affected the most by the disease? Okay, so they're not saying, even in those countries, saying, let's give the elderly first. Let's give the elderly first. Let's give the health workers because that is your first line of defense. The health workers. If your first line of defense fails, then there's no control as to what's happening in the communities. Nobody will treat those that are severely ill, so they won't get to the health facilities. So you need them to their cases to be treated at home. Treatment at home. If you look at the Ebola crisis, treatment at home. People taking care of their sick led to spread of the disease and led to unnecessary and you know, several deaths. So these, these are issues. So you have to keep your line of defense strong. So it's just like a military strategy. Hmm. Okay, so that's okay. number one. So not everybody is pregnant to get back. So the younger people who you know have um, ways of fighting the disease. Like you know I said earlier that what we are trying to do is ensure that people's immunity can fight what they do for viruses, that people's immunity can fight and build antibodies. Can build antibodies. So what we want is the younger people. If we're able to vaccinate those people and okay. prioritize them before we now now start thinking of vaccinating the others, at least okay. we're able to build some form of immunity in the in the in the communities. So those other people are fighting with their immune systems, those people are receiving the vaccine, those that are you know the weakest link in the society. Yes, get the how vaccine, we can the vaccine. Yes. How we can help them. But note that the vaccine, when it was tested, it was tested people that are less than 16 years old can get the vaccine and pregnant women. Because when you do a trial, okay. it's not easy for you. A lot of times, it's not easy for you to get children as um, volunteers for a vaccine. And also when easy to get pregnant women to come in for, yes, to volunteer for the vaccine. That risk so in the pool of people that had the trials for the vaccine, nobody was less than 16 years old and they were not pregnant women. So those who like excluded from already excluded from taking the vaccine the vaccine. They don't know how the vaccine will tell so, you know, it's it's emergency use. You've not done all the necessary for the vaccine, we've not done. We, what we were saying is that we've not done. Everything was followed 
according to vaccine trials in the country. Okay. Or I said that we've not had time to test it on every single class in the population. Oh. So it's been approved for emergency use. So even as it's been rolled out, it's not that we have to and give anybody grab the five year old and give the five year old vaccine. No. It's there, clearly. Sixteen years and above. So everybody is not going to get a vaccine. So that's that. So we're still going to prioritize. Even groups of finance the vaccine is a global problem. Yes. It's not our technology. Hmm. You understand? So those that made the vaccine will take care of their people first. Before oh, yes. So even what we are getting, they, you know, everybody is exactly a ration. We're going to get only a certain percentage hmm. based on the demographic of our population, the distribution of the ages and so on in our population. So that's that's how we get it. So now the government will now prioritize. They give us the distribution. They have the information. They will now give the distribution and tell us how the vaccine will be rolled out. Um, issues of storage is another problem. But it's something that the government had envisaged and they started working towards. Okay, because you know the vaccine has to be stored depending on the type of got. The temperatures are really tough. It's different from our normal cold chain oh. that we have in the country for oh, the previous okay. vaccines that we've okay. had. Okay. So those ones are looking at minus two to eight degrees centigrade. What we have now, the vaccine is coming in and it's going to stop at minus fifteen, minus twenty-five. Oh. They want to store it for maybe up to six months. They're looking at minus seventy for more than six months. You know, 70 degrees. So these are issues. You know. So the government, I'm sure they're working with the private sector, not working alone to ensure that you know this vaccine is coming and it can be rolled out. So that's um, for the vaccine. Now people that have had uh, people are now saying that should they go out and get the vaccine? I know for instance now discussing with a friend in UK, she was saying that um, you know they have an eligibility criteria, like I mentioned, for okay. you to take the vaccine. Okay. So if you're trying to get pregnant, so you know that you've been pregnant and all that, you know, you're not getting vaccine. You know that the vaccine that we're getting also requires two doses, 21 days apart. Oh. Okay. So when we're looking at, okay, can we get the vaccine? I've not had it before. Can I get the vaccine? Yes, you should get the vaccine. Even if you don't have it, even if you don't have it, see, the vaccine is not treatment, but it's prevention. So, vaccines, vaccination programs, is actually one of the best buys for prevention of diseases. Highly cost effective. Everybody says prevention is better than cure, but we don't look at the implication of it. Yes, it's good to prevent, because at the end of the day, treatment is usually more expensive. And so why if we now have multiple people that we have to treat in the system that is already stretched? In here in the South we're complaining about you know issues with our health system. What about other places where there's Boko Haram, banditry? How strong is the health system? And then you know introduce COVID-19. Hmm. So that's a lot of stress, extreme stress on them. And people get to the health facilities in the middle of the night. Out of their houses, you know, when there's no security, you can go out. Yes. So, I'm going to 
diaspora. So these are issues. So what you want is if you are eligible to get the vaccine, please get the vaccine. What we are doing is that we are triggering your immune system to develop antibodies against the virus. So where if you are inoculated in any way, that's you pick up the vaccine in the community, hospital, whatever, wherever you are, your body already has antibodies to fight the vaccine. Another question people ask is that if I've had the disease before, should I get the vaccine? You've been cured or you've been treated, you uh, were able to stay at home and treat, okay. or you landed in the isolation center and you yeah. came out of it, okay. you still go ahead and get the vaccine. Now what we are saying is that studies have shown that you can develop the antibodies but how long the antibodies last and how effective is that immune response is the problem how long are those antibodies in your system for how many of it do you have what's the we call it tighter what's the concentration in your system okay so what we want is you take the vaccine which triggers a sustained level of antibody production against the virus mm. so that way it prevents you from getting a more a severe form mm. now another question is dangerous that can the vaccine with the new variants is mm. processing the vaccine before can the vaccine cure it the mutation is not out of this world for now they've said the vaccine can cover for the new variant that is okay. but every information that we give because it's a disease that even the medical field is new so yes. call it a new Virus. virus yes so it's a disease that is also being studied in the medical field so even with the information we're giving today like i said the information is updated regularly so initially we're all saying it's spread by droplets eventually airborne Airport. transmission has been confirmed mm. eventually people are saying i've had covid19 before i can't get it again mm. some cases have reported getting some people have reported getting it again so did you notice that it's, so this is a disease that is evolving it's a disease that um, treatment is also evolving so we also have to keep abreast with there's a lot of research going on we also have to keep abreast of all this um, information that is coming out yes so i hope i'll be able to answer some of these questions yes yes thank you very much my that's really been a wonderful section with you dr lucia and you've heard it all about the second wave of COVID-19, we pray that we are able to sustain it in our country and we are able to move out of it, going back to our normal lives. Thank you very much once again. You're welcome. So, join us next time. Till then, stay safe. Goodbye.